And let's pray. Lord, such amazing truths that we get to sing, prepare our hearts as we come to this time of communion, this time of celebrating the Lord's table. And Lord, I'm very much aware of how my words are going to be so insufficient to capture the richness of what's expressed in the passage that we are going to cover today. Jesus, my desire, our desire, is that you would just be glorified and magnified, and it's always in your name we pray. Amen. This is our time that we get to celebrate communion, the Lord's table, and as we do that, we are going to be spending time in a passage in God's word. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. This is the time in our service where we get to remember Jesus' death on the cross. We're going to take a little cracker and a little cup of juice. And the cracker represents Jesus' body that was given. And that cup of juice represents his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. And during this time of year, it's very common for us to see lots of images of a meek and mild baby, meek and mild baby Jesus. This little Lord Jesus lying in the manger. We absolutely should celebrate and be in awe of the incarnation of Christ. And this passage is going to remind us of all that is contained in that little baby. It's going to help us to gaze upon the excellencies and grandeur and glories of Jesus Christ. Please follow along as I read in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Verse 1 tells us that God revealed himself using the prophets in many ways. This is how we got the Old Testament. However, now, in these last days, in other words, after the coming of Christ, God has spoken in his Son. He has revealed himself in Jesus Christ. And now the author of Hebrews is going to tell us of the supremacy of God's final revelation in his Son. In the middle of verse 2, it says, Whom he appointed heir of all things. The Son, Jesus Christ, is the one that God appointed heir of all things. God, who sits on his glorious throne, ruling and reigning sovereignly over the entire universe, appointed the Son, Jesus Christ, his Son, heir of all things. And all things is without restriction, or limitation. It is everything. God has given all authority in heaven and on earth to Jesus. 
At the end of verse 2, it says, through whom also he made the world. God also made the world or the universe through the Son or by means of the Son. All things that Jesus is heir of, he was also the means by which God created it. The beginning of verse 3 says, he is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the radiance of his glory. Jesus is the radiant splendor of the glory of God. The incomparable brilliance of the glory of God shines forth in the person of Jesus Christ. The middle of verse 3 tells us that the Son is the exact representation of his nature. All of God's attributes, his nature, his character, his being— is perfectly and exactly represented in Jesus. The middle of verse 3 also tells us that the Son upholds all things by the word of his power. Not only is Jesus heir of all things, creator of all things, he is described here as the sustainer of all things. Jesus is right now upholding, sustaining, governing, and directing all things things. The end of verse 3 tells us that he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus sat down on his throne. He sat down as Lord of all. He sat down to rule. But notice that it tells us that he sat down after he had done something. The end of verse 3 tells us that he sat down after He had made purification of sins. This hints at Jesus' role as the great high priest, the great high priest that's explained in greater detail in the rest of this letter. On the Day of Atonement, once a year, the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies and make atonement for the nation of Israel. However, this high priest would have to continue making his offering year after year. But Jesus made one offering, provided one atonement, one purification, one cleansing by making the perfect sacrifice. Jesus, the great high priest, being the perfect son of God, offered himself as the propitiation, the wrath-satisfying sacrifice for all the sins of all his people, By giving of his body and the shedding of his blood, he became the substitute. He took the place of all those that would repent and believe in him. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 tells us that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What an amazing Savior! That Jesus would stoop so low, to suffer and die on the cross to save a sinful people? To save ungodly people that were in active rebellion against him? During this time, believers get to celebrate their Savior. During this time of communion, believers get to celebrate the Savior. But this time is only for believers, for those that have repented and believed for those that would call themselves followers of Christ. If by your own assessment, 
you would say that you're not a follower of Christ, that Jesus is not Lord of your life, that he is not the point of your life, that when the trade comes by, we, we ask you simply just to, to let it pass. But as, as you let it pass, I would, I would like you to consider the present reality that you're in. That you will have to face the judge, the all-knowing, all-powerful one to whom has all authority. You will have to face him without an atonement for your sins. You'll have to face him with no defense, no answers, and no excuse. God's word tells us that you will spend eternity in the lake of fire suffering rightly for your sins. But it doesn't have to be that way. You have an opportunity to repent and turn from your sin and turn to Christ. Please do that right now. Don't wait, for you do not know what tomorrow holds. Please talk to me or any one of the other pastors or the person that brought you. Please don't wait. Believers, as you take communion, consider the preeminence of Christ, the creator, sustainer, sovereign ruler of all things. Consider the radiant splendor of the glory of God that shines forth from him. Consider and marvel that Jesus, that the Jesus described in these verses was ever contained or constrained in such a weak and fragile defendant form as a baby. Consider that he came in the form of a baby for the purpose of going to the cross to provide the one-time atoning sacrifice to satisfy the wrath, the penalty for your sins. And because of that sacrifice, you get to look forward to spending eternity with Christ, eternity with your Lord and Savior. You get to see him face to face. When your hearts are prepared, please go ahead and take communion on your own. Men, please serve us.